Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers, and welcome to episode number 63 of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name's Daniel Wilcox, and unusually here with me this week is... Chris Keen. Hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going good. Fantastic. I actually woke up before our scheduled time because of (laughs) the UK, Costa Rica, the time difference. What time is it where you are at the minute? Just six in the morning. Okay, so that's later than you normally join us. Uh, yeah. If I'm up, then mm-hmm. it's then I join you far earlier. But like my normal wake up time is somewhere between four and six, and it's been leaning closer to the six. Nice time. Ladies. Beautiful. Well, just for people who are wondering um, where Sasha is, Sasha is taking a wee bit of a break as she psychs up for all of the launch stuff with uh, eight steps to side characters. She'll be back in a few weeks, so we'll have some guest hosts come on and keep me company and. Chris, I just want to say thank you so much for your time so far and for a jump. This is the end of the podcast. Um, and why don't you just tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you know me and Sasha? Yeah, so I am a writer as well. Otherwise, it'd be very odd if I were on this show. <laughs> I'm an engineer. Um, <laughs> used to be. Um, the software. But anyways, I started publishing in 2017 and immediately went full-time because I didn't have a job at the time. So any money was good money. And I write under a super secret pen name in romance. And that has been my full-time job for, what are we, four plus years now. And I will be making the hard cut whenever my current series are done to not write romance anymore which is terrifying Mm. and i i'd been listening to you and sasha for a while um i think even before i started my podcast which is uh right away and um i was following sasha on instagram and i think she posted something about her her cat chewing on her book and i messaged her (laughs) in response to that and then we got to talking and as Sasha does, she then makes all her friends be friends with each other. Yeah. So that's that why I have to talk to you. <laughs> we just we just have to. We have to. That is the thing Sasha does. She does just like find people and then just be like, it's easier if they all just are in one place. So let's yeah. all just hang out. But yeah, um, that's how she operates. But welcome. Welcome to the next level. So just, this is your first appearance, isn't it? You've not been on this before. This is my first appearance. Yeah. Mm, exciting times. Well, let's jump in with um, what's one thing that we've enjoyed this week. So would you like me to go first or would you like to jump in with yours? Go for it. Okay. So I am going to go with two things because I'm going to be cheeky. Uh, one of them is super quick, but one of them is I have come across uh, a song that will not leave my head. And that is Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You. Um, mostly because it's using a lot of like reels and TikTok stuff at the minute, but it's just one of those earworms, it gets you. And if people are familiar with the song and they haven't yet worked out, it's also the same chorus music as um, Paramore's Misery Business. So it's up here, like I'm a huge Paramore fan. And so I think that's probably the reason I just literally can't stop listening to that song. Um, And then the second one is, are you familiar with a guy called Bo Burnham? Yes. 
yes. So I've been a big Bo Burnham fan since I think I literally stumbled across him on YouTube when he first started doing that stuff. When he was 13. When he was 13. And he was, <laughs> when he was be- 13. being highly inappropriate. And that's shut. Whatever that was, it's just beeped. Um, and yeah, and he's obviously, he now goes on, he does like music and comedy. And he recently won a bunch of awards directing a short film called Eighth Grade. Um, and he's got a new Netflix special out, which is Bo Burnham through and through. And it's awesome. And it's dark and it's twisted and it's thinky. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. So um, I think it's called Inside. And it was filmed, directed, edited, the entire thing pretty much done by him alone in one room over the last year and a bit throughout the pandemic. And yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. It's, it's a thinker, but also it's just Bo. And he's just he's a funny guy in a really sort of real way. So I haven't watched it yet. Um, older friend of mine asked me if I knew this guy, Bo Burnham. And at first I thought he said something about bourbon. And I was like, well, I know stuff about bourbon, but what are you talking <laughs> about? Um and then when I, when I realized what he was saying, and it's just wild how this particular special has reached a completely, like Bo Burnham's a millennial special. Like we, mm-hmm. we love him. Like we grew up with him when he was with his keyboard in his room at his parents' house as a teenager, like you said, singing inappropriate songs. Um, and I haven't watched it yet, but I, I just had this moment <laughs> where I saw a clip of it. And I was like, oh, he's old. I'm like, no, 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 he's younger than me. <laughs> Yeah, he, he literally I turns, just keep thinking he's 13. No, he literally turns 30 during the special. I think that was one of the really interesting things is in 2016, he did a special um, Make Happy or Be Happy or something. And basically said, I'm never doing stand-up again or any kind of performance com- mm. performative comedy. And then, so that was like, when he started teasing this, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And it kind of plays a lot on the reasons why he stopped. And then it's also kind of, I won't say like much, but it's also quite bittersweet towards the end because he really shows the impact of his mental health, uh, of comedy on his mental health when it comes to sort of performing live and stuff. So you get the funnies, but you also get like the real bow, which is really- Yeah, and that's what I've heard about it. And so I'm a little hesitant to watch it until I feel like I have the emotional capacity mm-hmm. to handle it. Yeah, I was I was dual screening because often I'll like watch a thing and I'll be playing a game or like on my phone or something. And I think about half an hour into it, it just starts like getting more and more sort of into that stuff. And I just like put my phone down, I just watched it. Just, mm-hmm. it, it gets your attention. So that's mine. What's something that you've enjoyed this week? I am going to cheat a little bit with two as well. But first is um, Raya, The Last Dragon. It's now free on Disney Plus, which we were talking about uh, before this. Because yes. I was like, I'm not paying $30 to watch this on my no, laptop. No, thank you. <laughs> um, and it was so good. It was hard to watch it for the first time with Smalls because he was in a very frantic mode uh, and Smalls is my kiddo. But um, but I still was able to focus enough on it. First of all, it's beautiful, just gorgeous. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. And the other thing I really like, and I really like this, di- this direction that Disney Pixar uh, is going is they're telling heroine stories, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about the heroine's journey here on NLA, but Sasha bit. had um, Gail Carriger on the Rebel mm-hmm. Author podcast and heroine's journey stories are my favorite. Um, for a quick recap, for anyone who's not familiar with it, the main difference that I really appreciate between them is the heroine's, the hero's journey. The hero has to be alone to succeed. He has to succeed on his own. In the heroine's journey, uh, they have to succeed together. They have to work together. And there is a moment. I don't want to spend. I don't want to spoil the ending, but there is a moment where they do this so intensely. Um, 
and and give up the hero's journey for the heroine's journey that oh i get tingles just like even now thinking about it i might have to watch it tonight (laughs) you might and I don't know if uh, if your kiddo is is good at sitting and watching. It might be one that you actually want to watch alone before mm. you watch it with him, just so you can Appreciate process it. a lot of the things that are going on. Okay. Um, but it's it's up there. A lot of my favorite storytelling movies are kids' movies, and that's definitely up there for me right now. I always find as well that Disney Pixar, especially, they bring out these really surprise films that don't go in the direction of like their other films that just come out of nowhere and are fantastic like big hero six for me is such a huge oh. one because like i wasn't i had no clue about it like it came out a Same. little bit before, i know it, it, it came out a little bit before frozen i think and frozen was obviously like everywhere yeah and then big hero six i was like started watching it and just went this is absolutely amazing and then fallout boy soundtrack comes on and i'm like fallout boy right in a disney film i'm there i'm there my ex was like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? And I was like, no, I'm reading a book. And he was like, all right, he put it on. We were really like each other. And within like two minutes, I was sucked in. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm here for that. Had no intention of watching a movie, no interest. And it just, oh yeah. And like, yes, yes. Would you argue that's a heroine journey? Absolutely. Because of all the, the, the rest of the people who needs to do the thing. And specifically um, him and Baymax. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know what? This is one I could actually argue about. Um, <laughs> I'll have to think about that. We'll have okay. to. We'll have to come back to that. What was your second? So the second is I got an arc of side characters from Sasha. E. Um, so I have been reading that and enjoying it. So nice. not that I'm allowed to say anything, you know, like negative about it on this show, but no, it is lovely. <laughs> um, and I, I just really particularly appreciate Sasha's um, nonfiction voice. It is. Sasha distilled um, in a way that I would not be able to handle her in real life, but like when I can put the book down and be like, all right, the intensity can take a break. Um, <laughs> totally fine. Yes, totally agree. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for that book to come out. We will do a little bit on that in a minute. Um, one extra thing that I've enjoyed that I've just noticed, my teeth look really white on camera today. I don't know why. Ding! <laughs> Anyhow. There's the little the sparkle. <laughs> we'll add that in post. Uh, weekly confessional so obviously Sasha's not here um, but I'm still accountable for my stuff which is Dan will complete his edits for the Amos Call Anthology and finish his current book um, oh my god that was only last week yes I finished the book and yes I've gone through all of the anthology edits and I've got a chat with Julie tomorrow in which we're basically going to sort of um, just go through any last bits before we hand the stories back to the authors get any feedback back go to the proofreader and then we've got an anthology so I'm very excited for that to happen in patreon news we have a new patron so welcome to the hive mind eden c or unless i'm reading that wrong in your eden um i'm not sure i'm probably eden c um welcome to patreon thank you for your support and for everyone who is listening on this podcast which is coming out tuesday on monday we did the patreon live if you want to join into future patreon lives which this one was amazing like i'm, I'm like we've not even had it yet i'm telling you it's it's, it's incredible um <laughs> then join us over at patreon.com forward slash next level authors uh into right. seer he can see the future oh absolutely it's one of my superpowers just one of many um i'm gonna do well I, basically i feel a bit bad because i'm just gonna do a bit of talking for a minute if you don't mind chris and just do some of the house cleaning house cleaning yes. housekeeping 
every time. Um, Whenever it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, a couple of notices for people. So uh, there are still a few spots available for my 90 day book camp. So if you're basically wanting to get a book done, if you want to get to that finish line, if you want to do it with a fantastic group of other authors, then you can do that with myself in our mastermind over at www.danielwilcox.com forward slash 90 days. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that. Another shout out that our Weird Week t-shirts are now available for purchase. So I'm going to put a link for that on the Facebook group and in the show notes as well. But we were joking around last week about the fact that every week we start off by basically saying, it's been a weird week. And uh, I played around. I came up with a design I'm very happy with. And we now have a range of T-shirts, masks, <laughs> like cups, everything. Um, we've had a few people buy those already and some of them coming in because um, we let the patrons know about those a few days ago. So I'll put that on the Facebook group. And uh, yeah, if you want to grab one of those, then go for that. And also, as we've already mentioned, Sasha's book, Eight Steps to Side Characters, How to Craft Supporting Roles with Intention, Purpose and Power, comes out on the 29th of July, but is available for pre-order on all major platforms. So go and grab your copy of that. This week's Level Up, we're going to go to Meg Jolly, who says, um, my Level Up this month are connected, or my Level Ups this month are connected to successfully launching a new pen name, published the second book in the pen name, finished drafting the third book in that pen name, hitting an income level on that pen name, hitting 4K subs on that pen name this quarter, and getting great reader reviews and engagement on this brand. And just speaking as someone who knows Meg personally, I've seen the amount of work that she's put into making this happen. So congratulations, Meg. I'm glad it's working out for you. Because that's a lot of stuff to celebrate. That's wild. That's huge. But Meg, Meg hustles. Meg hustles. <laughs> uh, comments. Last week's question was, who is your favourite character you've created? Um, and we seem to have tickled some kind of bone there. So from our patrons, Yanni says, my favorite character from my first series is Riley. She's a dark angel with a sarcastic nature and deep down heart of gold, no matter her standoffish exterior. And my favorite from my new LGBT work in progress is called Dean. He's the best friend who just tells it how it is, has no filter, barely any boundaries, and my MC would be a hermit without his encouragement. Eden C, brand new patron again, welcome. I think my favorite character that I've created has to be Oh, I'm going to pronounce it, Georgia, who is this transgender monk in my work in progress that my protagonist stumbles across one night in the woods. I really like their depth of knowledge and passion about their favourite subjects, but they often get carried away and end up talking at people rather than with. Well, I do that sometimes, which has been a really interesting dynamic to explore. Also, they sound a lot like Moss from the IT crowd, which just tickles me for some reason. And then we'll do uh, one more from Facebook. Ember May says... Emma Dragon May, hands down. She popped into my head during middle school and I have yet to find her story, though I feel I'm getting closer. I love her because she is sarcastic, sassy, confident and overall ready to take on anyone that stands in her way. And then thanks again to comments from Meg, Edwin, Kate, Gary, Holly, Ida, Victoria. Boom, I think I've covered everything. So now I'm a little bit nervous Ooh. now because I, I know for Ooh, a fact that you're quite a good question giver. Um, I love questions. And you've had time to ponder on this, so... Yeah, hit me. Okay. Remember, it's you got to answer this question, as well. Which so. <laughs> I do. It's a simple question, but it's not an easy one. Okay. How do you know when you've done enough? I'll tell you when I discover. <laughs> oh. And there's multiple ways you can answer this. You can answer all or one, but like on the daily, on the grand scheme of things. Well, this is wherever. it. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's defining enough on what, because, you know, you've got 
your to-do list for that day you've got whether you feel like you've done enough then like you say whether you've done enough in that week that month like in general have you have you given up have you done enough um how do you know when you've done enough hmm So mine isn't the best answer and it's not, it's not the answer that I want to give. At the minute, how do I know when I've done enough um, is mostly dictated by when my body breaks or when the time runs out. <laughs> Which is something that I'm very, very conscious of and it's something that I'm definitely working to sort of peel back um, because we've spoken a lot about normalising busy or normalising productive. So, you know, you start off with well, let's take my, my journey, for example. So when I went full-time in the beginning of 2019, a lot of my work was just ghostwriting and working on those books. So, you know, when was that enough? I'd hit that word count for the day and then the rest of the day would be free. And like, as long as I'm on track and, you know, everything's working as it should be, that was done. And then on top of that, I started working back in my fiction. I took on the podcast, like, you know, everything that's happened <laughs> over the last year or two years. But you get to a point where, because you're so used to on the day-to-day -day doing that amount of work and because it slowly just increases until you hit that wall it's then you, you you normalize that and you think that if you do anything less than that even though that was okay before it doesn't feel okay now so like i i think the only way i can really answer this question is by looking forward to the things i am putting in place um with number one I had a very, very interesting coaching call with the Better Faster Academy with Becca Symes guys this week in which um, we're, I was talking about sort of ways to organize myself and sort of the number of things I was doing. And one of the really, really interesting things that came out of that is I have a very, very, very high focus. And that they basically said that focus is a one goal strength. So basically i've felt really really fragmented for to be fair for like a few years in personal and business life because as a dad as someone who's working as like you know all the different things you have to do in your life you have to put on different hats of different things and sometimes i struggle with that <laughs> but instead of acknowledging that what i kept doing was just finding more things to do so um one thing that i am doing is pairing all the things back and i have that one goal that i'm going to be focusing on and already it feels better because things are starting to slot in and align with what I want to do. And it feels like less pressure because instead of like something being an island over here to do one thing and over here, they're starting to like basically play off of each other and, you know, pinball around. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be able to answer this question because I haven't yet found it. But I think as I've, I think the way that I'm starting to look at it is for me because of I'm quite ambitious and because I like to achieve things, I don't think things are ever going to really feel done. But what I really need to do is just set those boundaries of what I want to achieve and what time realistically and almost do a few more critical things so that anything that's added onto that that I can fit into that time just becomes a bonus. And then you feel like it's, it's that whole thing of winning the most important thing and then you can do the other things, but I'm quite bad sometimes at doing that. Yeah, I've had to train my brain um, on this a lot, and I still need extra work. Um, right now, how I don't feel like I've done enough for the day is I have to keep a done list of mm. everything I've done that day. And not just the things I intended to do, but everything that popped up and I did it anyways. 
because there's so many times where I'm like, oh, all I have to get done is this one or two things, but then very important things that need to get done pop up and prevent me from getting those things done. And I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I did nothing. And that's absolutely untrue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely untrue. Um, so I keep a done list of everything I did that day so that when I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I didn't get the things done that I wanted to get done, I can be like, well, these five things that needed to get done popped up. And so like you did what you did. So, and that's fine. Those are the choices you made. Mm -hmm. Those are the priorities you had. If you have an issue with your priorities then you need to work on like, you know, sorting your attention. Um, Some days I'm really good at remembering to do this. Some days I am not. It helps a lot though, because I went about two months where I didn't keep my done list and I felt miserable the whole time. I constantly felt like I was behind because I was like, I, I don't get anything done. I mean, you, you mentioned this when you're like, oh, you know, we'll, we share something that we enjoyed this week. I'm like, what the fuck did I do this week? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that's what I do on my podcast. Every time we're like, what did you do this week? And I'm like, fuck, I didn't write this down because I don't remember my brain, like absolute sieve for short-term memory. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast, let alone what I did yesterday or last week. Um, so I have to have an external list that I refer to that just says, oh, this is what you have accomplished. And having that gives me that mental, like, okay, I accomplished things that mattered. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I accomplished things that didn't matter, I also can know that and judge. I remember at the very beginning of quarantine, um, I was newly single. Um, I was in the midst of the most massive burnout of my life and I could barely write, um, two or 300 words in an hour, which is extremely slow for me. And pulling those words out was painful, but I had nothing else uh, to do with my time. Like I had my kiddo, but he still has his nanny and she had moved in with us for the first bit of quarantine so that we didn't have to worry about, um, you know, people issues. And so like she would take him, I would work, um, here and there throughout the day, but we had super flow because we we're just all in the same space. I'd garden and it was literally like, just get some writing done. That is the only task I had. Um, and I remember those days being really lovely, but I also know that when I started to come out of burnout, I was really afraid to, to start doing more, mm-hmm. um, because I was afraid of throwing myself right back in burnout. And I also had a session with Becca Symes and she had told me, at some point it will be more painful to not do more. And that's when you can let yourself do it. And that's not the pain of like feeling guilty that you should do more, but the pain of like, I want to do more and I'm not doing more. Mm. And so when I hit that point, that's when I started the right away podcast. That was my like, okay, let's, let's start crawling out of this. Um, And then slowly adding more things, but I'm in a somewhat similar position to you. And now I have a lot of things going on and a bit of fractured focus, um, which is where the list really comes in to help. But I think about it a lot, um, especially as I'm going on this trip. Um, I'm going on a trip this summer. I am going to buy a van and I'm going to live in the van with the kid and the nanny. And we're going to go from New York to California to Tennessee in this span of two months and then we'll be in the van another month as we're bopping around a couple different events 
And then maybe another month or two as we drive down Central America, maybe. So I am going to have to be very conscious of what done is um, on a, on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis. And I have not yet figured out how that switch is going to be. I think that I'm going to start waking up at four and be like, yo, I'm going to get at least an hour of writing in before the kid wakes up, hopefully too. Um, and then everything else will be on a day-to-day basis. It'll be gravy. Um, like you were saying, it's just that extra, but we'll see. Mm. You make a good point though, because at the beginning of um, quarantine last year, it was that dilemma of, you know, there were certain times where I, I have to have my son sort of very, very fully intensive for a period of two, three weeks. Um, and obviously it was homeschooling and all that kind of stuff. But I still had to work full time. And unless you, in this business, unless you create room for breaks, you don't really get those breaks. So I, the attitude then was, okay, here's the time when you're going to work in the morning. And then I smash out as much as I could. And then it was very, very deliberate in my head of, okay, now I'm going to have this three, four hour, however long it was period where I don't let myself think of work because times are different. Things are weird. Like you, you just have to create, create those boundaries. And I think judging by what you both said, it does come down to knowing what it is you're supposed to do and also creating those boundaries for yourself. One thing that will be my um, level up for next week, which I've been meaning to do for a couple of weeks is, I've been looking at trying to like reinvent my to-do system because at the minute I don't have one. <laughs> so I have like this whiteboard, which every now and then I like go for a frantic scribble and I'll be like, here are all the things I'm doing. But like, I, I really want to find a way to make it work where it's a bit more granular on sort of, like you say, it allows for that. It allows for me to still have that done list as part of it. Um, but I, I need to find a way to sort of look at the project. Because my, my whole thing for the last... And uh, no year or so has been because I've said yes to so many things. I'm still on the tail end of completing the things I said yes to. So I've got like a couple of books in the works. I've got like another project. I've got just, you know, things that I've committed to that I need to do that I want to do. Um, but also at the same time, because of how quickly sometimes directions can change, they don't, in, they don't not benefit where I'm going with stuff, but at the same time, they're not entirely conducive to rapid growth. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I need to go through and, and re- redo all of that. And I think it will help because like you say, I do often get to the end of the day and think oh, I've done nothing when I've clearly been busy all day. So yes. that I, I am jealous of that done this idea. And I do find that the, the times over a year ago when I'd like a few month period where I was on it with tracking what I was working on, like I would do my like 10 minutes in the evening where I just plan the day ahead 10 minutes in the morning where I plan my day that stuff really, really helped. And for some reason, I'm not doing it at the minute. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's so frustrating to me when we have a system that work, when we let something break it or something, it just has to break for whatever reason. Um, and then we can't get back to it for some, mm-hmm. for whatever brain reason. Um, I'm going to be a very bad Sasha. Um, uh, no, I'm not going to be like Sasha. I'm going to be the opposite of Sasha here. Um, be a very bad Sasha uh, replacement at the moment. Um, my ideal, my goal is to get to the point where I, I literally don't have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just have, you know, minimal needs, minimal expenses. Um, and, 
I mean, if I have buckets of income coming in, not going to complain, but like, if I only have just enough to cover that and like save for future and emergencies, that's, that's absolutely fine. And I continually balance like my growth desires with my ideal desires. Cause I'm like, I literally would be happy wandering the woods most of the day. Um, and then just writing when I feel like it, at least I think I would, I don't know if that's actuality cause I've never done it, but I did, you know, that's what I did as a kid. Um, and I really want to know what that kind of life feels like to know if I actually want to do that or if I am happier um, having more structured and more, um, I don't know, more responsibilities in life. Um, I don't know. I'm in a very existential place where I'm contemplating like the meaning of existence and all that good stuff. So that's all built in there too. <laughs> good place to be. I spend a lot of a lot of time there. But I'm I'm the same as you. Like I think ideally I'd love to build some kind of empire that I could hand over to someone else to run. <laughs> and then you just obviously reap the benefits of the the work that you put in and like it's enough to to get you by. Like I'm not I'm not precious about like buying mansions and buying like the latest end cars and all that kind of stuff. I, don't, I really, really don't care. Like I just, I want to be in a position in which I have freedom of choice and that's, that's all I feel I need. Like if I want to hop on a plane and travel somewhere. Yeah. I want to experience bits of life, just, you know, different cultures and things. And, but then, all right, let me throw a question back at you. Cause this does relate to your question. How do you balance aiming for that kind of life because obviously you need a certain amount of income or sort of uh, I, I don't know stuff behind you in order to get to that point how do you balance that with knowing when you've done enough so that's always mm. one of my problems in the back of my head I'm always like but is this the work that needs to happen for me to be where I want to be do I need to run that treadmill for longer because that's just what this type of work requires do you know what I mean yeah I think in this in this particular realm it does help that I live in Costa Rica where there is much less cult of busy here um oh there's there's just more of a a balance as a standard people here um, don't live to work. They work to live. And a lot of the time they work very little, um, because a lot of the food you can simply pick off the trees. Um, like if you had no money coming in, you would still survive and not at the bottom level of humanity here. I mean, clearly that's not ideal. You do want a roof. Um, that helps when the rains come, <laughs> but I mean, even in the city, people aren't as hustly and bustly as they are say in the States in cities. And I grew up in a small town, super small. Like we didn't have a stoplight until, I don't know, 10 years ago. And that's just a flashing stoplight. It's not a real one. Amazing. Um, and yeah, I, I think that I can't, I think I was talking with Sasha about this actually, is that when we start something new or when we free up space, like leaving our jobs um, was 
both starting something new and making a whole bunch of space, we have available to us at that moment, a whole pile of energy that we will, it's like rocket fuel, that we will not have at any other point in our journey in that particular realm. Um, and at some point that, that rocket fuel is going to deplete, we're going to drop it off because it's now dead weight. And then we have to use whatever resources we have on our rocket ship in this analogy to move. Um, but those come in cycles. And I think the thing that I struggle with most is that I have this ideal of daily life being kind of the same every day because I like consistency. But I have to work really hard to recognize that um, consistency does not mean sameness. Mm -hmm. And um, I expect sameness. Consistency is cycles. And so we have those cycles of high energy, high push, and then low. And I'm experimenting with building that into my expectations. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult because you don't want to like be like, I'm going to work really hard until I'm 50, 60, and then enjoy my life. You're like, well, I also want to enjoy my life when I don't have to take 15 different medications because my body is falling apart because that's what age <laughs> does. Blessings to you, those of you at 50 and 60 are healthy as horses. I doubt I will be that human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the big um, revelations I had month or two ago was the amount of projects i had just waiting for me that because i was on this track like last year i wrote 26 books and that's no that's no small feat but like I, there's, there's always a thing of like because i've done it it doesn't feel like it's anything to shout about like everybody should be able to do that i did it like, like yeah no. absolutely um Here, the standard is much <laughs> lower and you exceeded it you are not the standard yeah i know but then like now i'm at the point where i want to write slower and to be honest to do the things i need to do i have to write slower and so like, I'm, I'm still reconciling at the minute with taking more time to do the things because yeah, I can go on a whole tangent with this, but I won't because it's kind of away from the question, but yeah, just, just re realigning those expectations a lot. And again, just for me, I have to constantly keep working to make sure that I'm not just normalizing what will eventually lead me to burnout. Cause I did. And, you know, I took a, a week off in April and I've got another one in July that, that will be coming up. Uh, which is the most weeks off that I've had in years. Um, but they're very, very deliberate. And one thing that I need to be careful of as it relates to sort of the enough side of things is that what I normally do is because I have that week off, I then work even harder up until that point. And then that week off is just called recovery, which isn't the same yeah. as, you know, actually taking no. a week off and enjoying yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's pain. Um, <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had the most brilliant thought. It's clearly left my mind, um, oh, but it we'll was brilliant. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, oh, oh, no, I remember it. Um, that's one of the, the benefits of, of being an indie author um, over the long period of time is, you know, you've written 26 books last year. And the painful part is that you don't get the residuals from a lot of them because they were written on contract. But as you're able to put the energy towards the works that you will hold the royalty to, then those little bits of income are going to build up. And like, well, that's, we talk about that all the time with indie publishing is that this is the joy of indie publishing is the passive income. But I really saw that 
this last year when I wasn't able to write, I mean, I had a month where I only wrote 5,000 words, um, which was absolutely unheard of for me previous to that. And I realized now granted I have 50 plus books um, a lot of them co-written that are building up this this bit of income for me but I realized I could survive and thrive without publishing a book a month which is the schedule I had been on or more up to that point um, and that was so reassuring and that's not something like you can tell yourself you're going to get there um, but until you're forced to actually not keep producing and see that it actually comes through for you, you don't actually believe it until that happens. Not the best way to experience that. Yeah. It's painful. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is a good, like, I mean, uh, school of hard knocks, like students right here, (laughs) students one and two. Um, and and just getting out of that trading time for money aspect, that's, that is our goal. We are building our way there. And as I've realized that my brain, once I've completed these romance books, has been like, okay, we're done with romance. We're just not writing anymore. I don't care if you need money. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not writing any more romance until it becomes fun again, which is probably just not going to, like straight up romance, just probably just isn't going to happen. Um I would much rather write like romance subplots if I get the urge to to have the the lovey deadies. <laughs> but I'm still probably going to be able to pay my rent and maybe then some for several months, maybe a year or two after I stop writing romance and am not consistently publishing or marketing on that pen name. And that's wild. That's amazing. But that's what we're working towards all of us we've got an interesting journey ahead so i wish you publicly best of luck i'm always rooting for you chris (laughs) um but yeah we'll we'll wrap it up there so the question of the week is how did you want to word it Mm. what was your how do you know yeah how do you know when you've done enough how do you know when you've done enough I knew you'd bring the heavy hair. <laughs> um, yeah, when you asked me who's going to do the question, I was like, oh, do I have do I have a good one? <laughs> and I looked at your message, I was like, I'm going to set that aside for a couple hours. Give me a moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that like the amount that we talked over the last few months, you could have just pulled something in there that we really would have just like gone straight into the heart. Yeah. Um, how are we living up our businesses? So this week, I'm going to put that to do into place and just, you know, give it some proper, because my problem is I always create a system that I then like half ask. And then it goes by the wayside, but I really want to mm-hmm. commit to a thing. So that's that's what I'm going to do. Um, even though you won't be here next week, how are you leveling up your business? I will be setting alarm, which I have only done for um, airplanes and travel for, I don't know, five years. Um, so I will be setting alarm for four o'clock in the morning so I can get up and do some writing first thing before it gets hot as balls <laughs> and melts my brain i'd say i don't know what that's like but the uk has been stunningly warm for the past week which is nice probably nowhere near what you're used to but i was hot. like you're probably right on par right now because the us and canada has been hotter than we have been mm, interesting 
there we go cool well thank you so much for joining us really really do appreciate it one one extra thing that i've literally realized throughout the entire thing that i've not mentioned the self-publishing blueprint is now available <laughs> to buy <laughs> i did a facebook live with people last friday it was amazing the book is doing well cool if you haven't grabbed a copy go for it but yeah <laughs> thank you so much for joining us chris really appreciate it thanks for having me hi and to everyone we'll see you next week hungry for more if you enjoyed this podcast you can hear more of my angelic accent and dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts for more of me check out the great writer share podcast for more of me listen to the rebel author podcast we'll be back next week holding each other to account as dan and sasha become next level authors so aggressive so goddamn so aggressive so <laughs> annoyingly just unnecessarily aggressive um which was me at school